0: Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to the TalentWorks Podcast. I'm Shukri. I'm Katrina. And I'm Helen. BBC Studios is the production part of the BBC group. So we're not public service. What we do at BBC Studios is we invest in and we produce amazing shows, both for the UK and globally. We make some shows for the BBC, but we also make them for the market, like Netflix, Channel 4, Spotify, Audible. These include Blue Planet, Pressed. Killing Eve Strictly Come Dancing I May Destroy You Doctor Who Top Gear Ooh. BBC Studios Works are a small but mighty development team within BBC Studios. We work cross-genre and cross-platform. We specifically work with emerging talent. So we look to places like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, people who are writing blogs, maybe people who've got podcasts already, who are storytellers and looking to partner with BBC Studios to tell bigger, bolder stories. In short, we play Cupid for talent and industry. And this podcast is about giving the floor to some of those talented creators. True to form, our guests are going to lead the way they are going to be telling us about three pieces of work that have defined their careers so far. So who have we got today? Katrina here. It's October 2022. And today I am joined by Shahira Allen.
1: Just as a black person, a black British person in this country, the Union Jack doesn't always represent... Well, it doesn't always represent good or happy moments. And I just thought my ancestors would be screaming if I put this on my face. There's also a saying that's like, you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. And I genuinely live by that, because I imagine if my ancestors got a glimpse into the future and saw how black people live now in this country, they just wouldn't believe it, you know?
0: Shahida is a black content creator from Yorkshire who specialises in beauty, lifestyle and plus-size fashion. Shahira's content explores race, politics, hair acceptance and colourism and her pet goldfish sometimes make an appearance too So I know Shahira as she was selected to join BBC Studios Talentworks as one of her meta-funded creator-in-residence this year the programme is a six-month residency where creators receive training and advice from industry professionals here at BBC Studios, whilst they develop new show ideas. So, what are we are going to discuss today? First of all, how blogging and content creation helped heal Shahira after she experienced a really traumatic event. Secondly, how important it is to do and create things that are right for you even if they're not necessarily the most commercial. And then finally, how Shahira has navigated the world of politics and having those difficult conversations online. Welcome to the TalentWorks podcast, Shahida. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you. You are a content creator whose work spans multiple platforms.
1: Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. So I am Shahira Allen, but online you can find me as AfroGlory underscore. A lot of people like to forget that underscore, but she's there. I am a beauty content creator. I would say that's my like overarching title. And within that, I do natural hair, skincare, makeup. I like to also have like quite political conversations. I do a little bit of lifestyle and fashion, but I would say like my overarching umbrella is beauty. So in every episode we're asking our guests to choose
0: three of their most defining career moments so far. Let's get into your first clip. This is meant to represent your earliest creative work. What have you got for us?
1: So I've got an early blog post called And So It Begins from February 2017. Disclaimer, I don't know anything about starting a blog. I've always been an observer, but now I feel like it's my responsibility as a creative to find my place on the internet. I will be starting an internship in March, which is also when my birthday is 13th for those of you wanting to send me gifts and when my best friends are coming to visit me. So I have a lot to talk about in the upcoming month. I feel like now is a good time to start a blog and test out being a blogger. I've always considered myself a private person, so I have avoided blogging for that reason. Don't ask me what's changed. I just feel like now is an excellent time to be a blogger. The recurring themes on my blog will most likely be about natural hair, clothing, sometimes makeup. I like makeup, but more for recreational, relaxing time than sharing and living in London. Why did you decide to start the blog? Um, It's actually quite a long, not very great story. So I'm going to say, you know, trigger warning, it does involve attack. So I was attacked in 2014 and someone broke my leg. And from that, I had uh, multiple surgeries. I had to go through, you know, all the physiotherapy, hydrotherapy. And I was diagnosed a year later with PTSD so when I was doing my therapy, I did that for about 12 months. And when that was coming to an end, my therapist, I was really trying to clutch onto her and be like, stay with me. I need you. And she convinced me that I needed to find a way to self-soothe. And for me, that was makeup, that was blogging. It was kind of sharing something once a week online that I could just get out of my head. And genuinely, that's where it began. So I like to think of it as a rose growing from concrete. I I honestly feel like, I mean, before this, like the last couple of years, I was very angry about it. And now I'm kind of like, wow, the universe really did what it needed to do to like put me on the right track and put me on the right path. Because even before my leg was broken, I I feel like I was a wild child. I had no like direction. I didn't really have anything that I wasn't really ambitious about anything. I was and I wasn't. I went through uni and stuff. I have a master's degree and like I did all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, like the tick boxes. And then this massive life changing event happens and it just kind of shifted everything.
0: Would you agree that writing became quite a big healer then and content creation became quite a big healer?
1: Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely would agree with that. I think um, if it wasn't for my blog, I definitely wouldn't be the content creator or the person that I am today. I wouldn't have natural hair I wouldn't be as skilled as I am in makeup I wouldn't have the friends that I have I wouldn't have the experiences that I have the confidence that I have so I I try and look at it as a silver lining situation obviously I don't wish that on anyone I wouldn't have wished it onto myself but it was really like a amazing like life changing moment for me so did you
0: find quite a supportive community online
1: Absolutely. So, I grew up in West Yorkshire in a town called Huddersfield, and it's predominantly white. So, I didn't really have any like black friends growing up. It was a really small group of black children around me growing up because we were all young, high school. I could count everyone on like one hand or two hands at any point in my life. So, going online, I suddenly found all these other incredible, especially like black plus size women who I could see myself in, who I could relate to, who were recommending things that I didn't know existed and it really gave me space to kind of learn about myself, learn about my community, my culture, my heritage. I am like first generation non-immigrant is what I say so my parents were both born in Jamaica and I was born here and I think I struggled quite a lot before I went online to kind of understand what that meant to be Jamaican in this country so... Your name is
0: AfroGlory on social media across all your platforms. Everybody check her out. Was it a conscious decision to have AfroGlory as your name rather than being Shahira Allen online?
1: Yeah, definitely. So when I started my like digital platforms, um, I think I just started with like Instagram and my blog. So in 2014, which is when the attack happened, after a year, so 2015, I just... My body had been through enough, and before that I was relaxing my hair, which, um, if you don't know, is a chemical process to straighten type 4 hair. So any, like, kinky, coily hair, it permanently straightens it, but it's very damaging for the person and their hair. My hair was constantly snapping off, and I'd have, like, big scabs on my scalp, and it was just a horrible, like, toxic process. And I think I made a conscious decision that... My body had been through enough and I just stopped relaxing. I was like, I can't do this to myself. I'm still healing. I'm not going to start adding chemicals to my scalp to try and fit into this beauty standard. It was definitely less about the beauty standard, more about like health. But I started learning about my natural hair and I was 25 at the time. And that was the first time I saw my afro in its like true state since I was eight years old. I actually remember wanting to relax my hair because of. There was a specific brand that had these hair adverts and the women had like type one, type two hair, really swishy and like they really sold me the dream with like the long swishy hair. And I thought if I relax my hair, I get to, you know, have the same thing. And I'd see my friends who are white just like brush their hair and go. And I was like, that's not my life. Like I have to sit, do this whole process, deep condition, detangle. I just didn't want it when I was a kid. But I think if I'd ever had that representation or more access to information on how to look after my hair, I'd be a very different person, you know. But I don't don't hate the way my life has worked out. I feel like it's made me a very solid human being. So Afro glory just kind of came out of that whole experience. So very conscious decision. So, yeah.
0: What made you decide to go from blogging, which is quite a written form into a more photography form such as Pinterest and Instagram.
1: I am a very visual person. I have um as I mentioned earlier, I've got a master's degree and it's in graphic design. Um it just evolved. It wasn't like a conscious decision. I think as like social media has evolved, I've evolved with it. So as like for example, reels have become more popular, I'm very much more video orientated on Instagram or as Pinterest has introduced like idea pins. I'm very much more video based on there. So I've just kind of I'm always evolving with the platforms. I love learning. So it kind of all works for me.
0: How do you think your content has changed over the
1: last couple of years as your audience has grown? So as a full time freelance like beauty creator, I still have bills to pay, which means that I have to cater to this commercial element on my platforms. But at the same time, I have to make sure I'm staying true to myself. And I do that by being super creative. I have a lot of stuff like Afrofuturism looks on my platform. And I I do these kind of in bursts, I get super creative. And I'm just like, right, today, we are doing a green face, a whole green face. But yeah, I think it's also really important just to balance those things as a creator. Because not everyone on my platform wants to do full Afrofuturism. Some people come just to learn how to do like a basic wing liner or the best way to apply eyeshadow or the best lip combination. And I do still enjoy creating both those types of content because not every day full Afrofuturism, but also not every day simple wing liner. For those who don't know, can you help to define what Afrofuturism is? So, Afrofuturism. To me, I feel like it's quite a personal thing and it spans across all industries. But Afrofuturism to me in beauty is like this really kind of futuristic view of blackness within beauty. So it might be like really exaggerated features, like being really proud of like my wider nose or like my my brown skin or like my dark eyes and like using makeup to kind of add to what I have as a black person as an afro person is that even a saying afro person it should be i want to be an afro person but yeah that's kind of what afrofuturism means to me
0: thank you for sharing your earliest creative story with us what is your second clip something that represents a significant moment in your career um obviously
1: it's this (laughs) being here at the bbc so um I am going to be sharing an audio bite from my application for the BBC Studios TalentWorks residency, which was in 2022. As a black girl growing up in West Yorkshire, I had very little representation in my friendship circles. There were a handful of black kids in my school. Now, as an adult, I'm more invested in finding out about the modern day history of blackness in cities and towns outside of London. I feel like when people think of black people in the United Kingdom, they automatically have this brixtonized version of what blackness looks like. But I feel like there's not much visual or audio evidence of black people existing beyond the capital city. How did you feel when you were making that video? Um, When I was making it, I was very like, what am I saying? No one's going to be interested in this. Does it even make sense? But every time I listen to it, I feel very proud of myself. So
0: your residency is with a team called Digital Originals at BBC Studios. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what have been your biggest challenges, but also maybe your biggest learnings of the process.
1: I think my biggest challenges have been, uh, well, I'm going to start with challenge. My biggest challenge was um, getting my head around learning what it meant to be in that team. So it's very much like video, like TV, like pitching kind of ideas and concepts, which makes sense from what you just listened to. But then it's the getting into it and learning all the like little words and phrases that make sense within the team and within TV and within the BBC. And it took me a minute to learn. I had a few moments of doubt, but the other residents on this like program are incredible. Everyone's been so supportive. We have this incredible like group chat. Um <laughs> so like any doubt that sets in, I feel like it's a safe space for us to be like I didn't understand this or let's talk about this. Have there been things that you've learned that you've taken
0: into your own content creation as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I put a lot more thought into the process of my work like today um, I traveled down to London to be here and I was sat on the train and I started drawing like a few different makeup looks I don't usually draw my makeup looks out but I was like I wonder how creative I can get if I'm just drawing it onto my face I use my iPad and I have an app called procreate and if you've ever had an iPad or procreate you know it's incredible there's so many things you can do on it And I've recently started drawing out makeup looks. I find I've got like a photo of my face where I've only done like my base. And I draw these really elaborate eye looks on. Um, I actually recently did something on my Instagram stories. I posted that blank photo and said, you guys, I'm lacking some creativity right now. I need some help. And I had people like draw their looks and send them back to me. And I started creating them. And I called it Created by You, like a mini series. I've still got loads to do loads more looks just like in the bank to share and I'm tagging my audience and being like you did this and the response to that has been amazing as well people have been like I can't believe you brought this to life the way that you did which is obviously feeding my creative ego I love that so much I mean I feel like when you have a platform you should try and make it you know something for other people to enjoy in a more interactive way anyway let's fast forward to the present What is your
0: third and final clip? Something that best represents you and your successes at this moment.
1: I'm going to be reading a caption from one of my Instagram posts called British, and it was on the fourth of June, 2022. So it was the Jubilee in the United Kingdom. In across the country, everyone celebrates. um, It's very British. Very, it feels very white and Western. And it kind of made me feel a little bit excluded from being able to celebrate my heritage, my British heritage, or (laughs) Britishness-ishness. But yeah, I'd love to read the caption. If I'm British, why do I feel unsafe to go out today? Why is it that I know, regardless of where I was born or what my passport says, today Britain will be filled with patriotism, And for me, and people who look like me, that isn't safe. I am black and I am British, but only one will always be the reason I am followed around a store. One will always be the reason I am not chosen for opportunities. One will always be the reason I am treated a certain way by institutions like the education system, police force and medical field. One will always be the reason I can't go out on a certain day in this country. This beauty look was created for a brand who asked me to create this look to be the face of an article representing British beauty. I ummed and ahred, but in the end, I said yes. I was called a twice privately. I'm okay with that because I understand the anger an image like this can invoke. I would have been just as angry a few years ago. Why did I do it then? Because to be a fat black woman representing the words British beauty is more powerful than what box people decide to put me in. If I were 12 years old again and I saw this article, I might feel a sense of belonging in a country that constantly reminds me it's not safe to exist here in my skin. That constantly reminds me I'm British and not British.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's so powerful, Gina. It was a
1: very powerful moment. The whole process was extremely emotional. Uh, I remember getting the email and my immediate reaction was, no way. So just to describe the makeup look, they asked me to do the British, the Union Jack on my eyes as makeup. And as a black British Jamaican or black British person with Jamaican heritage, the Union Jack carries a lot of meaning Just as a black person, a black British person in this country, the Union Jack doesn't always represent, well, it doesn't always represent good or happy moments. And I just thought my ancestors would be screaming if I put this on my face. There's also a saying that's like, you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. And I genuinely live by that. Because I imagine if my ancestors got a glimpse into the future and saw how black people live now in this country, they just wouldn't believe it, you know? We've come a long way. And to be asked to be like a visual representation of beauty, regardless of, I mean, in the initial email, there was no like, we'd love you as a plus size black woman to be a rep. It was just, we want you to be the face of this article about British beauty. There was no layers. It was just really nice to know that People look at me now and just see me as like this representation of British beauty and not all those layers and dimensions. So yeah, a lot of emotions. My initial reaction was absolutely not. And then I kind of spoke to a few friends, friends that I've made online, did a lot of talking and came to the conclusion that it was important. Even if I still felt a bit like icky about it, it was important for me to be that face that I needed to see when I was 12. So It's clear
0: that the post really connected with your audience. I'm going to read aloud some of the feedback (laughs) and the comments that people posted on the Instagram post. Nuance, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely represent British beauty. I love the power of the statement. Representing British beauty is more powerful than what box people put you in. You look stunning. Oh, you guys. (laughs) Last but not least... I keep coming back to this and falling in love with the message over and over again.
1: Oh, don't. I could actually How get, does it make you uh, feel to hear these comments? I mean, obviously I've been, I've like I've pinned this post, so I still get comments and I still get like love on this post, but when I read these comments, like it makes me realise that I made the right decision by doing that look. It makes me feel less alone. Like I know that other people are feeling like that in this country, other black people. Uh, feeling like this so the the post is actually a carousel of like very British things like a picture of me on Brighton Pier with like fish and chips and my passport with all the like important information crossed out it's also got like black and Afrocentric moments in there as well how do you
0: handle the emotional pressure of creating content like that I feel
1: like it comes it comes with a burst of energy like I don't feel like I have to take myself away and like rally myself up or pep talk myself into doing that that kind of content comes naturally to me that's me being passionate and honest and voicing like who I actually am it's when I'm asked when I'm given a strict brief I find that way harder than being political or emotional because those are like things that are at my core I don't ever have to like do research to write a post like this one so
0: what were the two things that you think people particularly connected to about that
1: post? I feel like it's almost a universal feeling when you're black and British and you're constantly battling that between that heritage, especially if you were born here, being told like, I don't know how many people are experiencing it nowadays, but in my lifetime I've been told to go home and I'm kind of like... Yeah, I'm waiting for the bus. Like I'm trying to go home. But I know they mean go home back to your country, but this is my country. So like what do you mean? Do you mean go back to my parents' country where they were b- So I think just the like layers and complexity of being black in this country was probably the biggest thing that resonated with people. And I think the second thing was probably just the joy and the kind of, like, defiance of being like, no, I am British and I am here. And these are, like, my lived experiences, but I am British, even if you think I'm ish Like, so I think it had, like, kind of those two main points of relation. So, yeah. Do you have any secrets to success? Oh, secrets to success. Um, I think... Running towards your peace is probably the most successful thing you can do. I think we talk about mental health a lot and we associate that with bubble baths and like getting a quick massage. But I think running towards your peace is the most successful thing you can do for yourself and will give you so much space and capacity to be more successful. A great example of that is as a content creator. I moved out of London after seven years and I was very anxious about that. I thought I'm not going to be in the heart of it anymore. People are going to forget about me. I'm going to have to like leave behind this full-time content creation dream that I've got. But I ran towards my peace, and with that I found I gave myself more space. I had more silence um affordable rent um, <laughs> cleaner water so yeah I ran towards my peace and I created a space where I could grow and flourish and sometimes you just have to take that leap especially if you're trying to get to a more peaceful place yeah the secret to success is running towards your peace <laughs> running run, run applaud to that um, we're gonna move into the last section
0: of the Ooh. podcast. And this is where we look into the crystal ball of your future. I'm very excited. The, the for talent this.
1: works crystal ball, if you will. Excited. How do you think it looks? So I'm shaking this magic talentworks eight ball <laughs> and I'm waiting for the answer and it says happiness. Oh. I love that. If it was a one-word thing, it would be happiness. But I think the future for Shahira Allen and for Afro Glory I want to start exploring more of the conversation in beauty so I want to I want to share the knowledge that I've built over the past few years I want people to be able to like come to just some space that is like digital so it's easy to access where I can share everything I've learned because I've worked in beauty as a brand manager junior brand manager i'm a consumer of beauty and i'm a content creator i have this really beautiful triangular view of the beauty industry as a black woman as a british woman as a jamaican woman as all these elements as a plus-size woman as someone with hooded eyes so yeah i see myself in the future in the magic eight ball spreading the knowledge and joy
0: We look forward to seeing it and hearing it and watching it. I look forward to making it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Shahira. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you're interested in knowing more about Shahira, you can find her on Instagram at afroglory with an underscore. Don't forget the underscore. You can find us at BBC Studios Talent Works. This has been a Curly Media production on behalf of BBC Studios. See you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.